The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Cork's Red FM. Good evening, folks. Hope you're all well on this Sunday evening. Gory here with you on The Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM with a very, very busy hour of sport coming your way between now and 7 o'clock to come reaction from Father O'Neill on their win in the Senior A hurling final this afternoon we're going to hear from Dungorny on their win in the Intermediate A final we'll have reaction from Shandoon on their win in the SE Systems Camogie Championship Senior Semi-Final and we'll hear from Sarsfields as well on their victory in the first semi-final today also on the show we're going to talk to Bandon AFC we'll hear from their chairperson Richie O'Regan and we're going to talk to the legendary referee Pat Kelly who's released an autobiography so we'll talk to Pat between now and 7 o'clock you're listening to The Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM As you can probably tell, I'm still a little bit hoarse after winning Imro Radio Station of the Year, Music Station of the Year on Friday night at the Imro Radio Awards in Kilkenny. Um, screamed quite a bit and also celebrated Cork City win the league while we were in Kilkenny as well. Missed that. Cullum was there. Actually, Cullum, John is there for a second, right? Because I missed Friday night at sure the City game. And I was absolutely devastated. Yeah, it was, it. it was great. It really, really was. It was just a fantastic atmosphere in Turner's Cross. It was an atmosphere like we haven't seen in Turner's Cross yeah. in a long time. And it, it, it felt a bit tense for a lot of it because people weren't quite sure if Cork City were going to win it on the night, if it was going to be next week, mm-hmm. if it was going to be two weeks' time. But then once Galway were losing and the City game had been delayed 10 minutes, so by the time Galway's result had come in, City still had 10 minutes to play. We knew what we had to do. We knew a point was going to be enough. And when that final whistle went roar yeah. and everyone ran onto the pitch, the celebrations were brilliant and the flares were going off and the fireworks. And oh, uh, it was just, it was, it. Oh, it was brilliant, man. Really, really was. Um, and great to have City back at the big time. Delighted yeah. for the players, delighted for Colin Healy as well. And uh, Colin Healy, as I was telling you earlier, was up in the gantry uh, where we were doing the commentary <laughs> on LOI TV. And I was doing the commentary at the end and uh, trying to be professional and serious. And then I get a bell in the back of the head uh, of Colin <laughs> Healy celebrating um, so he was in great form so well done to everyone at City I mean it's, it's, a, it's a great effort to get the club back up to where they belong and uh, hopefully you know, we, we've seen the back of the first division for good or <laughs> yeah, good the trophy presentation two weeks time at least they'll be there for that exactly that's going to be a big night against Bray as well on a Friday week isn't it yeah, yeah exactly yeah. alright uh, just to recap on all the day's action uh, there was a huge trouble today in Parky Creeve Father O'Neill's the Senior A Champions the Cup Superstore Senior A Champions after their win today. A fantastic win for them down in Parky Creek. Father Neil's 20 points, Corsi Rovers 2-12. Uh, miserable day uh, across the county for all the games, uh, which I'm sure will be a factor uh, in all the games that we'll be reporting on today. Uh, but we'll get you audio on that in a bit. The Intermediate A final at 2 o'clock saw Dungorny beat Cladov 116-13 points. The SC Systems Camogie Championship semi-finals took place in Ovens today day in the second of those games was Shandun beat the Bars 1-9-2-9 points Sarsal beating in Ascara 2-11-2-2-9 the Boston Ladies Football Championship Senior Quarter Final Bally McCarberry beating Moran Abbey today 3 goals and 7 points to 7 points elsewhere in the Senior B Quarter Final from Y losing out to Clonmel Clonmel 1-6 from Y 8 points in the Premier League and uh, it is Arsenal and Liverpool going head to head in the evening kick off 70 minutes it's gone 
and they are level at two goals apiece there Martinelli and Saka with the goals for Arsenal Nunez and Firmino with the goals for the visitors elsewhere today West Ham had a 3-1 win over Fulham Guy Swindles West Ham 3, Fulham 1. Strange game, Fulham the better team in the first half. Pereira scored an absolutely wonderful goal to give them the lead. James hit the bar, but a silly penalty given away by Pereira meant West Ham were level through Jared Bowen. And in the second half, they scored twice. First, Gamaka, after eventually VAR, well, different from the entire ground, who thought he was offside, showed that he wasn't. Lovely dinked finish from him. And then the substitute, Antonio, in time added on sort his first effort saved a muddle in the Fulham uh, penalty area saw the ball ricochet back to him he prodded home West Ham 3 Fulham 1 Elsewhere Crystal Palace beating Leeds today Nigel Bidmeet Crystal Palace 2 Leeds United 1 Palace came from behind to win for only the second time this season Leeds went ahead 10 minutes in when Brendan Aronson fretted his way into the penalty area his shot hit an upright but fullback Pascal Stroik was on hand to drive home the rebound Palace were unsettled and lucky not to concede again before equalising on 24 Odson Edwards scoring with a downward header from Michael Elise's well-flighted free kick the second half was largely without incident until Will Saha set up a Biriezi on the edge of the area the Palace number 10 dipped a shoulder before scoring his first goal of the season with a low shot Palace 2 leads 1 and uh, kind of a novel kind of 7 o'clock kickoff on a Sunday evening Everton and Manchester United Shane Pennington after marginally avoiding the drop last season Everton looked to be a different proposition this time around with their defensive issues seeming to be a thing of the past six matches unbeaten and the best defence in the division would back that argument up as they look to record a third successive win up against them tonight are a Manchester United side thrashed at Manchester City last time out in the league and needed a late flourish in Cyprus to beat Ammonia on Thursday they'll be hoping to rediscover the form that saw Eric Ten Hag side win four on the bounce prior to the derby starting here tonight at Goodison Park it's Everton and Manchester United Alright the draw for uh, Euro 2024 took place today not an easy group it has to be said for the Republic of Ireland the boys in green will face Netherlands and France along with Greece and Gibraltar in Group B their qualifying campaign is due to get underway in March let's hear from the gaffer let's hear from Stephen Kenny we, in order to finish in the top two we have to achieve something extraordinary and it has to be our ambition to do that and we've shown our capacity to obviously with games against Portugal home and away yeah, the ability to get results against Portugal Serbia Scotland and you know and they even play well recently against Belgium so these are we can take encouragement from these performances Yes, they're going to need a lot more encouragement going into games against Netherlands and France in that game. Um, there's a penalty being awarded um, for Arsenal against Liverpool. Um, still waiting to be taken. The players having a bit of a a bit of a coming together there as well so I'll let you know as soon as we get uh, a goal there but it is Arsenal 2 Liverpool 2 with that penalty to come Shelburne 2-1 up on Shamrock Rovers in the SSC or Tristy League Premier Division that game just underway the Emerging Ireland team have finished their tour of South Africa with a third win on the bounce Simon Easterby side overcoming the challenge of the Cheetahs by 21 points to 14 Nathan Doak Shane Daly and Jamie Osborne scoring the tries for the winners today in Bloemfontein in 
Spain Motorsport Max Verstappen is the 2022 Formula 1 World Champion after winning a rain hit Japanese Grand Prix today beating Sergio Perez into second Charles Leclerc in third and in the Dutchman the world title after he was penalised by the race stewards for going off the track in the final lap Lewis Hamilton finished fifth in a contest that saw drivers furious that a recovery vehicle was on the track before all cars were back in the pits. Basketball as well. Neptune facing uh, Moy Collins today and Neptune uh, with uh, a good win this afternoon on the road as well. Finished uh, 94 to 63 in favour of the Cork side. So congratulations indeed uh, to Neptune. Still waiting for that penalty to be taken. There's a lot of pushing and shoving and aggro and all that kind of stuff happening at the moment. So that penalty was waiting there and Isaka who's going to take that um, penalty um, for Arsenal um, whenever it will be eventually taken he's just stepping up to take it now and uh, we'll just see uh, does it go in stands up facing Alisson who's in the centre of his goal trying his best uh, to put Saka off Saka's going to take this waiting for the referee to blow his whistle uh, Saka the ball down again he's been waiting a long time to take this penalty the penalty's awarded a couple of minutes ago and uh, Saka's going to take this eventually is it going to happen Saka with the short run up and buries it past Allison. Arsenal 3 Liverpool 2 we'll uh, get you that goal update in just a little bit we are going to start though with Gaelic Games and as I mentioned at the top of the show just a really really busy day today um, four massive games uh, two in the SC Systems Camogie Championship semi-finals reaction those coming up in just a bit big double header in Porky Cueve as well the second game of which saw Father Neils crown Senior A champions after their 20 points to 212 win over Cork Rovers this afternoon. Andrew Horgan was down in the park for us uh, this afternoon and he spoke to Father Neil's co manager Brian Sweeney. Brian, congrats on the win. Uh, how does it feel at this moment of the Yeah, thanks. It feels great. It, it feels great. You know, I mean, it's going to. Obviously, the, the initial feeling when you when you win in the euphoria is absolutely brilliant and I think it's probably. It'll take take a while for this really to sink in until we really probably acknowledge and realise that what, what the players have done here today, you know, it's it's a it's a a combination of humiliation of such hard work, not not just in the in, in, in today's game but all season and going back over a lot of a lot of number of years and it's great, you know, to get the rewards the rewards at the end of it. And just reflecting on the performance, you happy overall obviously it doesn't matter the result is most important thing, but how would you reflect on the game as a well? whole? Uh you know it was a tough target game. probably exactly what we knew it was going to be. And um, of course he's like threw everything out of us and particularly like in the first half um, you know, to give them credit, they were well on top of us. But you know, we have huge belief in the in in this in the in the team. We have gathered huge experience and maturity, and I think that really came to the fore in the second in the second half. At no stage did we feel that there was any panic, even even if the performance wasn't where we we would have liked it to be in the uh, in the first half. But there was no panic, and I think we just stuck. We stuck. We you know, it's very cliche, but you know, stick to the process. We upped our work rate. We got on the brakes, and, and then our chances came. Yeah. It Time you can see the just before half time, you were trailing by four points. So, what was the message to your players? That the you know, like you said, I don't think there was the, the, the message was really get on the brakes, win the ball, don't don't panic, stick, stick to what we believe in, back ourselves 100%. You know, we didn't fundamentally change anything, fundamentally change anything. We just needed to know what we needed to up the work rate, and I think that was probably the, main, the biggest factor in all that. Yeah, because it was obviously a big improved performance in the second half. Like, you nearly kept them scoreless until he did keep them scoreless yeah. until injury time, and yeah. he scored 11 without reply as well. Yeah, 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 and and I, I think. You know, I think a lot of that just comes down to the foundation of you know of, of really working hard.
hard and, and, and sticking with that belief um, and having, having backing each other you know they're, they're a, a huge great bunch of bunch of bunch of players cannot speak highly enough of them you know we, we spoke about it wasn't in the before the game about it's not just a team it's a bunch of friends a bunch of friends that came through and you could really see that in the in the second half you know there was a, an unselfish performance by everybody um, players willing to put their body on the line and, and, and I think that's what got us there in the end just finally um, how do you reflect on it now obviously what a big achievement it is and you see what it meant to the players there singing the anthem there at the pitch at the end yeah it's a, it's, it's, um, it's a huge achievement it's not and it's not just about the, you know it's not just about the players or the management it's a huge achievement for the for the club it's a, it's a huge achievement for Father Niels um, you know it's not that long ago when the, when the club were, were junior and we came up all through, through the through the ranks you know junior and junior intermediate premier intermediate and now senior A and now we're in the you know the, the premier premier senior which is a huge a huge uh, you know it's always the goal of a club and every club to get to the top the top ranks the senior hurling and I think um, this is the this is not just for the players but it's it's for everybody that who contributed to that success throughout the years you know if down to our uh, our juvenile club who put in Trojan work every every um, you know, every week and it's still sure it's like the same in every in every club but you know these players have to start off in the juvenile in the juvenile setup and then they come through so this one is for them and it's for every player in the club and all our supporters and those who are with us and not with us and uh, look we're really happy and uh, we're looking forward to next year already Perfect. Thanks, Thanks for Brian Sweeney there Father Niels after their win today congratulations and t- indeed to them Coast Superstores Senior A Champions get a goal update from Arsenal Ian Beach It's Arsenal 3 Liverpool 2 Arsenal lead for the third time in this game Bakayo Saka with a penalty after Gabriel Jesus was fouled by Thiago Alcantara Saka with his left foot put the ball right in the bottom corner his second of the game Arsenal 3 Liverpool 2 yeah, and still about 10 minutes left to go in that game there. All right, before that game, um, Clodov Dungorny in the intermediate uh, A final. It was Dungorny crown champions at 116 to 13 points. Uh, fantastic stuff indeed from them. Let's hear from Martin Denny also in conversation with Andrew. So, Martin, congrats on seeing the win. Uh, how does it feel at this moment? Of it feels like fabulous. Top of the tree. Whatever pinnacle you want to talk about. You know, your village where you live winning a county final is, you know, for a manager, selector, player is the pinnacle. And it's just fab, fabulous, all I can say to you. Yeah, you're obviously delayed with the result, but in terms of the performance, how did you feel you played overall? Going into today's game, I thought myself, I was talking to somebody during the week from, I don't know, which radio station, he said, oh, are you expecting a shootout? And I said, we, we don't want a shootout. What we want is our defence to be solid. And, you know, if we keep them to 115 and we kept them to 113, I thought we, we'd win. And we kept them to 113. Our defence and our goalkeeper, our young goalkeeper, especially in the first 10 minutes, made two, three great saves. So I thought going in, I didn't want to shoot out, actually. I didn't want a 222 to 224. Yeah. I much preferred a game and maybe the weather helped us a little bit today. A bit of rain, a bit of grease. But yeah, delighted. Yeah, did it take you a bit of time to settle? I know you were kind of two or three points up at the start, but then obviously you mentioned there the keeper made three unbelievable saves. He, they were, they, we seen them play. They hopped past the ball quite a lot and they were getting round us in little triangles. That's where Paul Flynn made some great saves. We then got 6-3 up, 6-2 six, six or something, and they, they then had 5 on the bounce. And we, we just rejigged a little bit. And then we went in, I think it was all square, 7 each or 8 each at half time. And then it's just 30 minutes of hurling, and that's all it is. And I suppose us putting Shane in, maybe tripped him a little bit, Shane Hegarty at full forward. It worked. He did fab. Yeah, obviously midfield's important at any stage. So Shane Hager, he's man of the match. And obviously Ryan Denny, Ryan Denny sorry, yeah. got, the, got the penalty as well. Which, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, look... 
it, look, he's my own son, but he doesn't. He hasn't missed from a penalty in probably five, six years in a championship match. I felt, you know, sometimes I feel like walking the other way and just hearing the crowd, but he hasn't missed and he didn't miss. And then with a chain getting on the ball at full forward, it's just trying to get those fellas on the ball. I said, sometimes they get the headlines, but again, it was great. Shane Hegarty got man of the match today. Not one of the forwards, because you expect Jack Leahy and the others to tip over the scores. But I'm delighted for Shane Hegarty. He's a club man through and through. He's dedicated to hurling. He'll be down the pitch four times a week on top of the three times we're down a week, working on everything. So I'm delighted he got man of the match today. Yeah, and you mentioned Jack Lee. He's speaking a dozen minutes. He obviously yeah. hit five important frees to keep you ticking over then the second half. Yeah, look, we'd expect that from Jack. He'd probably go away thinking, gee, I should have scored the goal at the end when he, he, he swivelled. It was a great shot. Yeah. You know, it, it, that would have been game over. But again, it was a whole team performance because, again, Jack went in full forward. Jack came out. Ryan, all the others, all the bits and pieces. But look, we won. We're going to celebrate tonight. Yeah, none absolutely. of us are, none of us are working tomorrow. <laughs> that was planned already. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, just finally, obviously, you mentioned it there to start, but again, can you just sum up what it means to the club and the the, the, the club, club in general? To I know we're going back to 1902, 1908. Jamesy Kelleher winning senior. I know the history, but this is our first intermediate final. It's the first time at intermediate we've been been in a final. The first time we played in Parky, the new Parky Cueve. And I'd say that the parish, most of the kids were there. I had a hat on today, but I promised it to one of the school children that if I win today, you can have my cork hat and it's gone. It's out there. So it means everything to everybody. Perfect. Perfect. Congrats. Enjoy Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, congratulations indeed to Dungorny. That's Martin uh, Denny there speaking to Andrew after their win today in the uh, Intermediate A final. And uh, congratulations indeed to them. Uh, still Arsenal leading 3 2 uh, with about seven minutes left to go uh, in that game. We're going to switch our attentions to Camogie now. The SC Systems uh, Camogie Championship semi finals taking place in Ovens today. We'll top of the first match first. Sarsfield beating in Ascara 2 11 to Ascara's 2 9. I'm going to hear from uh, Sarsfield. With Ty Gold Lynch speaking to Ger. Uh Ty Gold Lynch, you are in a senior county final with Sars. First of all, congratulations. Talk to me about the effort that went into today's victory, considering how difficult the conditions were. Ah, well, the conditions were terrible. I suppose the only upside was that the game wasn't in Castle Rose, so the wind didn't affect it as much. Obviously, the rain was quite heavy, but I suppose, as the saying goes, it's the same for both teams. But, look, there was a huge, huge effort went in from both teams today. Um, we were probably just got a little bit of the rub of the green there with a couple of goals that got us over the line in the end, so we're absolutely thrilled just to, to get past such an experienced team like Inescara. You need luck on days like this in such a tough, tight championship, and it was a real championship game. But Cleaner Lynch, not just the two goals that you got, but overall performance and our accuracy from freeze, you need that if you want to win a semi-final. Yeah, yeah you, you know, every team will tell you that you need a consistent free-taker. Cleaner's been taking threes since she's been under 12, under 13, and has always been consistent. And, and again, the last in the course, she was probably the difference between us winning and losing. And again, today, definitely, she, she stood up and... Uh, after a shaky start missed two or three early on but kind of regained her composure and drove on and managed to score the bulk of them after that and just finally from your own point of view getting this tough a test heading into a county final is exactly what a manager wants irrespective of who you play the Bars or Shandun and you know what you're up against no matter who you play how much will winning a game of this intensity physicality bring your younger players on Hugely. I mean, even the Corsi Rovers game like was huge intensity for us, and we're very young. We've had, unfortunately, we've had a few serious injuries, which have curtailed we've four or five girls out through serious injuries, and um, a lot of younger girls have stepped up. And you know, we are maybe down to bringing on under 16s, but good under 16s. So playing in some county semi-finals, quarter-finals, and obviously county finals can only make them better players and the experience. And beating a team like Inescara today, who I think there was going for their seventh county final in a row, to get that kind of scalp underneath, uh, behind us, will, will really, really 
the stand was in the final. Congratulations, all the best in the final. Okay, thanks very much. Thanks, buddy. Yes, yeah, Tygo Lynch there, off Arsenal speaking to Jur today after they were known as Inescara. 2-11-2-9 it's here from Inescara's manager Stephen McCormack. Uh, Stephen McCormack, first of all, commiserations. Uh, losing out in a county semi-final is never easy. Conditions played a huge role today, though, but how proud are you of your players and their efforts this year, first of all? Yeah, uh, very proud. <laughs> look, it's, it's the first competitive game we've lost all year, so... Um, but look, obvious disappointment. Um, you know, we, we probably just didn't get going really to where we would like to. Uh, huge disappointment, but you know, very proud of the players. The players have been immense all year. You know, since we've come in, they're just a, a super bunch. And look, you you can't win every day. And unfortunately, we weren't good enough today. So fair play to Sars. Um, yeah, those two goals from Clean and Lynch, the first one from a long range free. Those things kind of happen on wet days. It's disappointing. Yeah, conditions are tough. And look. They're the breaks, you know. Um, like Sarah's got them today. Unfortunately, look, we, we, we've got them other days, and, and that's the way the game goes. So, look, um, yeah, it's there's not much we can do about it now. It's disappointing. So, it's a, and just finally, as you said, look, there's, there's still an awful lot of life in this and this Scarra team in this setup. There's a huge amount to come back for next year. I know it's early days, but the potential within the group um, must give you a lot of hope for the future. Ah, yeah, this club is very strong. Like they're they're doing huge work. Um, you know, people people underestimate us. They think we're an old team. We're not. Um, you know, we've a lot of really, really good, tough players. And uh, yeah, Inescara will be back again, no doubt. Thanks very much. No problem. Thanks, Joe. Stephen McCormick there of Inescara. Uh, let's hear from Sarsfields, uh, Clean Lynch, and Claire Mullins. I'm joined here by Clean Lynch and Claire Mullins, the victorious in uh, victorious Sarsfield team heading to a senior county final. First of all, uh, to Clean, your two goals proved crucial today. Um, you must be absolutely thrilled. Yeah, no, I'm absolutely delighted. Like we worked so hard all year and like this is our goal from the beginning and I just thought like as a team we really gelled today and like everyone just worked hard and like the goals were a bonus really but it's just amazing uh, Claire conditions unbelievably difficult for both sets of players it was a real battle especially in that second half yeah absolutely um, weather aside Scar fierce battle always have been since 2019 they've always put it up to us obviously the weather didn't help but look we're glad to be on the other end of it now and looking forward to final in two weeks yeah two weeks time to the final but today you got a real test I suppose that's a real bonus for you as well irrespective of who you end up playing the Bars or Shandoon you needed a test today by God you got it yeah absolutely it was real test I don't think I've ever played in weather so bad between wind rain and absolute fight in the ground um, looking forward to it yeah yeah um, the physicality of today clean as well like you had to really stand up today um, against a, a very battle hardened experience yeah. but also an equally fit team how much will this bring you on heading into that final but like so much because like we know how good Inascara is and you know they've been kind of the top dogs for years and like to get over such a hard physical battle with them like it's really hopefully now it'll bring some momentum into the final and it's just brilliant From a player's point of view when you see the weather in the morning of a match like this obviously your mindset changes a bit you've, pre- you've planned other things during the week it's just not possible even though the pitch held up how difficult was it just to get used to the, those, um, those conditions early on? Uh, it was difficult but with the warm up you know like we have our set routines we were able to kind of judge then and then we played Clodov in weather similar to this a couple of weeks ago so we're no stranger to it to be honest but um, it's not ideal but you know we were told on Thursday night this was a condition so you just have to get on with it Okay and Claire, from your point of view as the captain you're going to be leading a team out in a county final it's a huge honour Sars are on the up underage for the last couple of years I've seen them at under 16 minor everything is going well at the club how much of a bonus is it now to be in a county final? It's a huge bonus and look I suppose that's true we've been coming up for years our team is fierce young but at the end of the day if you want it enough I think you can go all the way and we've had one goal as Kleena said from the start and is to get back and win the county like we did three years ago and I don't think anything can stop us now but a tough battle is ahead of us we know, we know that And just finally a real honour for you to lead this group of players are they an easy team to be captain for? Um, 
um, you can be honest well I have two sisters on the team so I don't know about that now but um, they are, they're a pleasure they're such a hard working bunch of girls we have a fantastic team behind us but I'm absolutely delighted to be leading them out and no better bunch really Claire Kleena all the best in the county final we'll talk to you then thank you very thank much you, thank you very much thanks thank you. Lynch and Claire Mullins there in conversation with the hardest working person in the business Mr Joe McCarthy Women's Sport Podcast every Thursday on redfm.ie or from wherever you get your podcasts into time added on still Arsenal 3 Liverpool 2 something stands at the moment into 5 minutes of time added on we'll get you a full time report on that one in just a little bit we are going to talk now to Sean Dundo who beat St Fimber in the second of today's SE Systems uh, Senior Camogie f- uh, semi-finals, Shandun won nine. The Bars nine points was how that finished. Let's get some reaction from the Shandun camp. Let's first hear from Amy Lee. Amy Lee, hearty congratulations. Shandun back into another senior county final. Your penalty save near the end was crucial, but how good a win was that? It was a great win. It was a great battle between both sides. Like with the weather and stuff, it's impossible to play. And look, score lines and stuff like I know it's probably a low scoring game, but can't play in weather like this. And to be fair to the Bears, they put a, a mighty battle in. Um, but I'm delighted now we got over the line. We have two weeks now for, for a final. We have girls that are competing county finals at their own clubs as well, which is great. So we'll just look, we'll do what we can now over the next two weeks now, and hopefully we'll do a job against Sarah's in two weeks. Yeah, the conditions here today are really, really tough. You had to dig it out, you had to dig deep, use all that experience, but by God, you did it in the end. Yeah, and look, to be fair to both teams, I think there is very experienced players on both sides. Um, probably not the style either team wanted to play. I know their, their forwards are really quick, really pacey. Same with our forwards, probably slowed it down a small bit. But look, it was, it was just great to get over, get over it and win the game in the end. Penalty near the end, three points up, uh, being lined up. <laughs> What's going through, man? Because it took a while to take it, but you made a really good save. Uh, look, she was true on goal anyway. I have a chance of saving a penalty if she got past me. I didn't have any chance. So, look, I took I took her down, gave away the penalty. And look, there's always a chance of a keeper saving, especially these conditions. She struck it really well. It actually only came off the, the end of my hurley and went out for a 45. Um, but I, I love the penalties. I love the pressure it brings. It's not, it's not only is a pressure on me, it's pressure on the taker as well. And it was, it was well struck. But look, thank God I got the end of the hurley to it. Good stuff. See you in the county final. I'll see you then. That's Amy Lee there of Shandun in conversation with Jur. Let's hear from Shandun's manager, Trevor Coleman. Uh, and with the winning Shandun manager back into another county final, but um, I think you'd be the first to agree, Trevor, that that was as serious uh, an examination of both your skill and your character that you could have asked for from the bars and the conditions today. I think, Joe, we knew coming out here today it was going to be an examination of our skill, our character, and most of all our heart. Like these goals, what they've gone through the last two years for Shandun, playing three games, two games every weekend, they showed what they want to do and what they want to do for Camogie. All they want to do is play games, okay? There's a myth out there that goals and boys can't play two and three games a weekend this is proof in the pudding that if you want to do it and you're fit enough to do it and your attitude is right you can go out and do it like the last the year has been an honour to be with these goals like we as management on the sideline can only guide them as far as we can but like unless they have heart and determination on the field we're at nothing on the sideline but they showed that in buckets today I just could not be prouder of them what they put in and the effort they put in and four or five of them out there with niggling injuries from uh, yesterday Amy O'Connor's shoulder probably half popped out there with a go and to be fair to her we asked does she want to come off no way does she want to come off that just shows the spirit in the camp and the determination in the camp but look to be fair to the Bears they battled hard we knew it was going to be a battle they played a bit of a running game that we found it hard to get the grips with that to start but once we got the grips with that I think we did, we did very well and we did okay but look in conditions like this as you know it all comes out to heart and determination and, and look we, we had that today 
Just looking ahead to the final, I know you've only, it's only a couple of minutes after the semi-final. Sars would have come through a similar test of character against Inescar today, similar uh, conditions. They battled it out. It's going to be a very, very close final, whichever way you look at it. Oh, it is going to be huge. And again, look, we're going to have a Black Rock girls playing in the media final the day before. We're going to have some girls playing football. Uh, Bishop Stone are still in, in the county, which is great for uh, for the division. So, like again, we, we won't pick our team till the day of the match, unfortunately. That's the way. Look, we know that coming into the senior county, that's what we have to deal with. But to be fair, look, every goal put their hand up today, Roisin, the defeat had to be fair to Look, got hurt her rib yesterday, but again, she hopefully will be right for the final. She's a she's a huge leader in this part, you know, with her age and stuff. She'll kill me for saying, but look, we're there, Joe. We're there on merit, and look, we'll take uh, Sars. Look, we'll take them as it comes. I watched the game myself; they're a good side, and it's going to be tough. Yeah. Congratulations for seeing the final. Thanks for the job. That's Trevor Cullen there of uh, Shandun after their win today, uh, and we are now going to hear from uh, Shandun's Amy O'Connor. Amy O'Connor, another county final, but my God, was that hard on really tough conditions, first of all, and a tough opponent in the bars, but you got through in the end. Yeah, it was very tough out there, you know. I think both teams are very good hurling teams, and it was just a pity that the game fell on a day like today because I'd have huge respect for the bars, and, you know, we've obviously very good hurlers in our team, so we would have loved a, a sun soaked pitch today, but unfortunately, we didn't get it. And, yeah, look, obviously, we're delighted, and um, we don't come together often, you know. But we're just blessed that we have some really good players. Um, but obviously, huge credit to the Bears as well. They're a great team. And, you know, some of them are my closest friends as well. And I'm gutted for them. But um, I'm just glad we're on the right side of that today. It's almost like a cliche sometimes. People talk about the togetherness of this divisional team. But you do, you act and you behave and you are like a club. Yeah, I suppose, like, um, divisions are always tough. You kind of, you don't really know how, like, who you're going to have until the whistle is blown, essentially. Like, and, yeah. and that's genuinely the truth, um, you know, Today we obviously lost Roisin Defita, who's a massive player and someone that I'd rate very, very highly. And I was at the match yesterday where she got injured. I was really crying when I saw her get injured because I know what the Bears can do. And you know, I was today was a tough day for me as well. You know, I was making Maeve Halland, someone who I would hold in the highest regards, and you know, one of the best defenders in the country in my book. And it was a good challenge for me as well today for that. Um, and obviously, it wasn't the best spectacle, I'd say, for for you know the spectators. No, but it was seriously <laughs> gripping, hard, proper, physical hurt. Yeah, the way you like to see it. Exactly, yeah, and I suppose look, divisional teams, you know, we wouldn't be known to have too much spirit. Oftentimes, you know, we just kind of happen to get together, but I think we showed a bit of spirit there today, and um, yeah, we're just delighted now. Obviously, I saw a bit of the Sars game, and Sars are very good, um, but we look forward to that, and we look forward to that challenge. Congratulations, well done. Thanks, William. Thank you, that's Amy O'Connor there of Shan Doon um, speaking about uh, today's game and will indeed uh, be a cracking final against Sarsfields uh, in a couple of weeks time it's going to be absolutely uh, huge huge game and uh, for all the best in that the Women and Sport podcast uh, with John McCarthy uh, you can get that uh, on Thursday on Cork's Red FM and uh, on redfm.ie and from wherever you download your podcasts uh, from as well so be an absolutely uh, packed build up uh, to uh, those games um, yeah just coming up to full time now Arsenal 3 Liverpool 2 we've gone past the 5 minutes that have uh, been added on so we'll get you a report on that uh, as soon as uh, we get uh, a chance uh, to get uh, the, the full time report into us but yeah still Arsenal 3 Liverpool 2 and what has been a very interesting game just waiting on Michael Oliver to, uh, to blow the whistle here and that'll be a big win for Arsenal as Liverpool's uh, stuttering start uh, to uh, today's uh, or this season in the Premier League uh, continues it looks like it is going to be uh, the win there for Arsenal 
All right, um, we are going to talk uh, football now in Cork. Castock star Conor Horan uh, has donated, or Horan, excuse me, I better get that pronunciation right before I'm uh, not allowed into Bandon. Cork uh, legend Conor Horan donating four Premier League uh, jerseys to, to Bandon AFC, which is a club will auction off to raise funds. So the jerseys that he's uh, given are um, they're all jerseys that he's gotten from his playing career. So he's got a, a jersey from England striker Jimmy Var which was worn in an EPL uh, semi-final tie in 2020 um, we've got a Seamus Coleman jersey um, with wearing um, against Aston Villa in 2020 Manchester, Manchester City jersey worn by Kevin De Bruyne in January 2020 and uh, there's Connor's own jersey uh, playing in the final game 2019-2020 season for Aston Villa uh, yeah full time whistle has just gone there so it's uh, Arsenal with the win there we'll get your full time report on that in a Bits. Um, so, uh, Bannon chairperson is Richie Regan, and I spoke to him um, a short time ago about uh, the jerseys and about a big milestone for the club. It's joined now on the bench by Bandon AFC's Richie O'Regan. Richie, how are you, sir? Very good. Thanks, Rory. Thanks for joining us on the show. Um, it, it's, I suppose, um, fundraising for clubs is always difficult, especially in the times that we're in. But you've been helped by a former superstar of yours who has uh, kindly donated three jerseys and three really impressive jerseys as well. Yeah, absolutely. He's uh, even he's donated one of his own as well, Rory. So we actually have four jerseys that we're auctioning off uh, from Conor Hoverhin, uh, a former Bandon player and a Bandon man himself. So he has given us a Kevin De Bruyne shirt uh, from Man City, Jamie Vardy from Leicester, one of his own from his time with Villa, and Seamus Coleman uh, from Everton. So we have four jerseys that we're auctioning off. They're player-worn Premier League jerseys that were worn in games against Connor. So games when he was playing mm. for Aston Villa, they were worn, uh, one or two were in the EFL, the League Cup, and the other two then in Premier League games. So... It's 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 really generous to Connor to have done this and to have organised this for us, and we're very very grateful. As mm. you know, because as you said, it's it's not easy to fundraise money, so to get this support is is massive. You know, and Connor's always been very proud of of playing for Bandon, of being from Bandon as well. So obviously, he's there to help the club in any way he can. Absolutely. Any any time we've ever gone on to Connor, you know, even younger members of the club, underage members that need a bit of, you know, if they're going through a difficult time, need a bit of encouragement in the club or with things going on at home, Connor would do a little video for them, you know. If we were if we had a big event on and Connor couldn't make it, he'd always send his well wishes via video. Uh, anytime he is back in band and if, if he can get up to a game, he does so. He's just been been absolutely brilliant ever since ever since he went over to England, you know, and he's he's never forgotten us and we're very, very appreciative of that. Yeah, that says a lot about the guy on a personal level as well, doesn't it, Richie? Absolutely. Listen, he's he, he as you said there, he's never forgot his roots. He's he, he loves Bandon and he's he's just been brilliant to us as a club. And remember what we've done to him, I suppose, or what we've done for him. Um, you know, the coaches that he had when he was at Bandon, he, he started his football, his soccer journey in, in, in Bandon Soccer Club in the town park and the coaches he had, he's always remembered them and, and remembered the club. So in fairness to me, he's he's, he's a top man. Top man, no, in fairness. When Connor was younger, were his coaches had, had they um, had they picked out from an early age as someone who could go on and, and step it up at a, a high level? Oh, listen, Connor was Rory. I remember him. He was he was the year below me, uh, year or two below me in in teams, you know. But mm. we all knew about Connor. <laughs> like he was <laughs> he was playing, you know. He was one of these guys, and 
the coaches knew about him the coaches and the team the age up knew about him because they were calling him up any chance they could he was he played up front actually when he was playing with Bandon he was a striker because you just get the ball to Connor and he'd put it in the net you know he was just absolutely fantastic so from a very early age his coach his, his main coach through his years in Bandon was Tony O'Leary and Tony would have always said Connor has a really really good chance and he did nothing but talk about Connor any chance he could <laughs> to people in the club so there was people coming from far and wide to watch Connor they had heard so much about him you know mm. he was just top class from from an early age and Richie talk to me about bands in AFC as a whole I mean I know how difficult it is to keep clubs going in this day and age and the reliance on volunteers and coaches and all that and, uh, but you seem to have built a really strong club over the last number of years and that's been uh, going on for quite a long time Absolutely. You know, in, in Bandon, actually, we have grown significantly in the last 10 years. You know, I mean, from when I was an underage player myself, we might have had one team at under 12s, 14s, 16s, 18s. And now we have two teams at most age groups from under 11s right up to uh, youth football, you know. And we have two teams competing very well in the Munster Senior League. So our, our senior team are playing in Division 1 of the Senior League. They've won four out of five now since the start of the season. They've had a really good start to the season. Um, our junior team won the league last year. So we've really grown significantly in the last 10 years. The the club has gone from, you know, a, a, what, what you might say is a, a small, really good country club to this big club mm. that is competing at really good levels, you know. And that's down to to say a big thank you to the parents and the volunteering coaches that have gone involved because if it wasn't for them we wouldn't be able to we wouldn't be where we are you know it really is the support of the people getting involved the support of people in town you know the other things I mean when I was underage player we had two pitches in the club we now have three playing pitches and we just this year opened an AstroTurf training facility which is making a huge impact for all the teams it's just really helps that we um we 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 don't have um we don't have to cancel training we don't have to cancel um academy every saturday morning it's just made a huge difference you know and a big milestone as well for the club richie the 50th anniversary which is a massive massive achievement and uh, of course you have to celebrate that in style richie Absolutely. Listen, you know, our motto in the club is uh, Auxilio de Crescum Parva, and that's with God's help, little things grow. That's the band and motto. And it really was. I mean, it started back in 1970 where they had one team. um, There was a group of guys and and people in the town got this together. And that team, the club, where it's gone from 1970 to now, it's just phenomenal, you know, and people deserve great credit. And, and what we want to do in the night of the 50th anniversary, which is on the 4th of November in the Munster Arms Hotel, we want to celebrate those those people that, you know, that brought the club, started the club, and, and the people through the years that have got the club to where it is now. It's a chance to celebrate that. And it's really important. We didn't get to do it actually, Rory. We, our 50th anniversary was actually in... 2020 but of course COVID yeah. like it stopped a lot of things and it stopped our dinner dance that we don't have a dinner dance every year we do it in the big occasions and we didn't get to do it so we're able to do it now this year on the 4th of November so if anybody any past members uh, that are listening in um, or any supporters or members now that you know want to join us on that night make sure to check out our, our website and Facebook page because we'd love to see a big crowd there on the 4th of November to, to celebrate our, our 50th anniversary It'd be absolutely fantastic just to circle back uh, to the jerseys Richie like they're amazing jerseys I mean like people are going to want these jerseys how do they enter how, how does it all work yeah so 
what we've decided to do is we've we, we, Brendan Cullen is the main contact mm. so his number is 086 and you get that on our Facebook page or our website anyway but Brendan is the main contact and if you express an interest with him what we've done is we've set up a WhatsApp group for each jersey so you'll be entered into that WhatsApp group yeah. uh, if you have an interest and you can see the bids coming in then live in the WhatsApp group and you can make a bid or a new bid if you like and then obviously if it gets too high you can bow out you can leave the group or whatever but it's just a way for people to see the bids coming in live so just get on to Brendan check out our Facebook page for more details but get on to Brendan Cullen and he'll, he'll add you into the group and you go from there and Hopefully, uh, hopefully it raises a good few funds and, and, and uh, someone is very happy at the end of it to get the jersey. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Hope it all goes very well, Richie, and very best of luck with the 50th anniversary night as well. And thanks for talking to us on the Big Red Bench today. Thank you, Rory, and talk to you soon. Yeah, really enjoyed that chat, Richie Regan there of Bandon AFC. For more details, check out their uh, social media for the, the Jersey auctions or uh, their website, bandonafc.ie. Let's get a full-time report from Arsenal against Liverpool in Beach. Arsenal 3, Liverpool 2. What a battle. You could see both teams felt it was a significant game by the way they fought for everything, with Arsenal taking the lead three times. Gabriel Martinelli scored in the very first minute. Darwin Nunez equalised for Liverpool. Bukayo Saka but Arsenal back in front. Roberto Firmino then scored a second equaliser for Liverpool. Bukayo Saka clinched the win with a penalty in the second half. And Arsenal look like true title contenders now. Arsenal 3, Liverpool 2. And the uh, evening kickoff, uh, Everton against Manchester United, 20 minutes away, 7 o'clock kickoff. I have to say, uh, I do like that time slot for uh, a match. Nice finishing work here at 7 uh, and watching a match after that. But uh, yeah, it's uh, an interesting time for a match. But uh, yeah, busy day of Premier League action. We are going to stick with football and uh, referee Pat Kelly, our old friend, uh, has released a, a book on his memoirs. It's called It Happened by Chance. Um, fantastic read. I was at the, uh, the launch on Thursday evening and I uh, picked up a copy of the book um, my late grandfather Owen was a referee of some renown and he held Pat on his uh, journey which is detailed in the book and in, in the chat I have with Pat here uh, so it was really really fun to, to catch up with Pat and talk to him about his refereeing Chris we're going to play part one of that chat now we'll have part two uh, on the show next weekend but uh, here is part one of our chat uh, with the legend that is uh, Mr Pat Kelly Right, we are joined in studio by our good friend Pat Kelly, author of It Happened by Chance, which had a fantastic launch at the Rochester Park Hotel last Thursday evening. Pat, you're very welcome to the programme. Thank you very much, Rory. Uh, delighted to have you here. Um, first off, Pat, I suppose, why write the book? Why, why, what was the inspiration behind the book and why is now the right time to write the book? I'll tell you, it came from a discussion with former Cox City player Pat Duggan. Mm. I actually played football with his father, with Dunbar Celtic. But... Uh, Pat said my dad said you should write down all the stories that you have yeah. they'd make a great book you know and it just started from there then I mean it's a couple of years and it, 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 it's a couple of years but we were coming through I was going around walking and I'd think of something mm. and my phone would come out and I'd jot it down yeah, yeah. and when I'd go home I'd elaborate on the story but um, it's great like because we were doing it originally for Marymount mm-hmm. I'll tell you now how far back it was and from there Declan Daly had a story in the paper about his father and mother dying in St Mary's mm-hmm. Ward in the Mercy Hospital and Declan 
and tennis father and all that they were all involved with St Mary's mm. Kane as well you know and um, when I saw that on the paper I said so I'll give Declan a ring and we'll split the mm. um, proceeds and then a couple of my own family um, are suffering with dementia and Alzheimer's mm-hmm. and we put them on the ticket as well then like and I said you know they're three great charities the book is about the charity it's not about me mm-hmm. as such you know but uh, to go back on the whole story you know I mean your own grandfather Owen McCarthy yeah. was the one that pulled me into the the, the professional side of because you were refereeing you, like. you were refereeing already at that point were you well I was I was yeah. refereeing at the school boys at that stage but he was on to me himself and Sammy Spillane were on to me about you know move up to grade like move up to grade yeah. so I did my written tests not my written tests my laws of the game tests on the fr- at the front door of your grandmother's house <laughs> probably the fraud <laughs> <laughs> happy days yeah and so obviously one of my granddads saw something in you and so I th- thought that you had the ability to step up to levels obviously he did yeah because my father refereed with, with Owen and Sammy you know and my father was mm. killed in 1965 in an accident after refereeing my match on the Sunday mm. in the FAU Cup he was knocked down and died a week later oh, and you know I was 16 at the time but uh, I hardly kicked the ball up to then like you know, mm. I wasn't long playing. I wasn't long playing football, and to tell you how good a player I was, then like when I retired at nineteen to go refereeing. <laughs> <laughs> what was it about refereeing that kind of stuck with you? Because it like it's a tough job and it's a tough gig, and a lot of people don't. It doesn't suit a lot of people. Why did it work for you, and why did you stick at it? Um, the reason I stuck, at, I mean, you know, schoolboys were great. I mean, the, the title of the book itself, "It Happened by Chance," mm. is really what happened because I was managing Wembley's under 14 team and we arrived in Ballyfehan Park one night and there was no referee there and Pat Long who was the secretary of the schoolboys league asked me would I do the match mm. which I did and we won of course <laughs> but um, he fit? asked me after that to know would I, would I continue and do a few matches for them now at the time I was secretary of Wembley who were after moving into the senior league. Mm. I was playing junior football with a team called Southgate, who were the, na- the neighbourhood team, if you like. And now I was managing it, or I was refereeing now as well. <laughs> so that's where it all started. And had a few mishaps early on. Schoolboy football was great, but when I went into junior football, um, after about six months, I was doing a top match out in Wilton. Uh, and I was headbutted. Really? had my nose broken and then the person who did it his brother when I came round his brother came behind me and boxed me into the side of the head as well so was that after a bad decision or what they perceived as a bad decision kick against for him for him and it was two yards outside the box he maintained it was in the box (laughs) and when I was trying to explain this to him bang. bang yeah and that happened and it also happened to me a second time uh, in a Munster Senior League match after I took a break from the League of Ireland in from 1981 to 84. Mm. And it happened to me in Daily Moon Park as well. Really? When um, it was late 70s now 
and uh, player by the name of Peter Hutton, whose son played with Derry City yeah. after. Peter was with Finn Harps. And I gave a free kick against him. That was grand. From the resultant, any yellow card, mm-hmm. from the resultant free kick, he did exactly the same. And I sent him off. Now, when I say I was assaulted by him, that wasn't the thing. He came over and put his head to mine yeah. and no damage done. We just carried on with the last couple of minutes of the match and that was it. Like, for, um, I suppose a lot of referees that won assault and that would be then done with the game. They'd pack it in and say, no, that's not for me. But obviously, you wanted to keep going. Yeah, well, the referee inspector at the time, man by the name of Billy O'Neill, pleaded with me not mm-hmm. to give in to these people. And he said, I'll give you a bit of advice. The first fella that mentions the assault, mm-hmm. you send them off. And a good neighbour of mine <laughs> was playing with Ballin Lockrove, so I won't yeah. give his name, but um, he was looking for a free kick and they didn't give it. And he says, no one do, Gallop, dig. <laughs> and straight red card and he came in after the match to me and he was all apologies <laughs> and I had to explain the reason behind yeah. it you know so I just carried on from there and yeah. when I went back into the, into the League of Ireland in, in 84 things the first division was only starting at that mm. stage and I just moved on from there and uh, Kevin O'Sullivan then a neighbour and good friend of mine as well for years Kevin was refereeing he was top referee here after Derry Barrett and he he had a few injuries and in 85 he was to do Rovers and Waterford in a top match and Kevin got injured and I was put into the match mm. thrown in the deep end if you like yeah, yeah, yeah. and it went very well and the rest was history and you progressed on to do big high level League of Ireland games I mean like, how does that progression work I mean is it just you get noticed by being consistent and a good referee and the assessors pick it up as it are yeah well at that time you could be a linesman as we called them that time you could be a linesman one week you could be a referee the next week but you'll eventually get your chance to referee Mm-hmm. And depending, it, it's all, you know, you're only as good as your last match then, as the cliche goes. <laughs> and, you know, it went on from there. And I did my first cup final. I did the League Cup final in on New Year's Day, 87, and between Rovers and Dundalk, which Dundalk won. And the same season, I did both of them in the FAI Senior Cup final. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it, after that, Cup final in 87 I was promoted to the international panel and I was there I was 38 years of age at, at that time and you only had 6 years then because you had to retire at 45 mm-hmm. which I did and had a you know had a very good career with UEFA as well and just moved on from there and then when you come I had 2 years in the League of Ireland after mm-hmm. after the UEFA set up and the late Dr Tony O'Neill asked me would I like to stay on another year Mm -hmm. and I said I'd love to but I'm not going to prevent any young fella from coming through the system like I was prevented because as I say 38 going on the the international panel is too late Mm -hmm. and you know, when I started to work with the FAI then, um, I reduced the age. You, you had your, you, in, in my time, when you got your badge, you had it until you retired. Mm-hmm. 
but we changed the system and said, right, you have your badge for a year and depending on your performances in the League of Ireland will determine whether you're nominated for the following year. Yeah. And that's the way it went. And we lost a few people through one reason or another, you know, over, over that system. But it stopped people getting clogged up then the the younger fellas yeah. didn't have to come yeah. through. And it became a young men's game, like, so. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But on that international panel, I mean, like, that's obviously the peak the, the, what every referee aspires to is to get onto that international panel definitely yeah yeah you know? did you ever think that like, when you refereed your first game for Wembley when the referee didn't turn up you'd be refereeing international games exactly the number of years later yeah and that's also I suppose um, the point of I suppose if people are listening to this now and are considering refereeing that like people can climb the ladder and get to the international they can of course you know what I mean? yeah they can of course and um, you know once you start the ball is in your court then mm. you know referee observers go to look at people and they say yeah this fella's showing promise and you might move them up to a higher league and you know it just evolves from there then mm. you've obviously you've refereed some very very um, high profile games and very high profile players the last time you spoke to us was after Maradona had died you refereed him just before the World Cup um, what are your most high profile games that you've refed? well I always maintained my top games were my two cup finals here mm. but I was the first referee to referee an international final mm. now we had John Carpenter who was a great referee referee the Intercity Fairs Cup final first leg or second leg I'm not 100% sure but for international teams I refereed the under 16 European Championship final in Turkey mm-hmm. in 93 Mm-hmm. and it was uh, Italy and Poland and you know you get match programs and you bring them home and you don't realise what kind of players were, were there at the time like. but when I went through the programme years after mm-hmm. uh, gian Buffon was the <laughs> goalkeeper with Italy and Francesco Totti was the striker with them. yeah it's amazing and it's in you know it's years Phil said did you think he was a good player at the time? <laughs> and I said, I didn't even know who they were. It was <laughs> 11 v 11 and that was it. Exactly, yeah. But you'd obviously appreciate good talent when you're watching it on the pitch, like, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they were the high-profile games, they say. And, it's um, funny you said uh, the, the cup final, because, like, every referee I speak to, like, that high-profile, my grandfather included, would always say the cup final was the pinnacle, the cup yeah. final was it. Because mm-hmm. it means that, like, you know, you're, you're representing your league, you're representing, like, you've you become... Representing your city you, as well. Like, your city as well. It was a great source of pride. Gra- it was a great source of pride for my grandfather and for other referees I spoke to. They got the cup final. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's a big achievement, like. Definitely is, yeah. I mean, not everybody gets a cup final in their career, you know, but uh, to get two of them, like, is, you know, and Alan went on to get two of them as well before mm. he left for past- pastures new. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, you know, I always maintain that, you know, the bread and butter stuff is the, the League of Ireland mm. and, you know, but another thing I also always told them, like, is don't ever forget the people you meet on the way up Mm -hmm. because you'll meet them all on the way back down. (laughs) Don't ever get carried away with yourself. It's always a pleasure being in Pat Kelly's company and his new book is a very, very entertaining read. It happened by chance. And as Pat mentioned, they're all proceeds going to uh, three fantastic charities. Um, St Mary's Unit, you've got uh, Marymount and you've got the Alzheimer's Society of Ireland. So it's all for a very, very worthy cause. If you want to pick up a copy of that book, it is available on Pat Kelly ref.ie uh, 
and uh, you can order a copy from there and uh, Pat was uh, patkellyref.com I do beg your pardon patkellyref.com and he's uh, hoping to be on sale in Easton's in Wilton no confirmed uh, uh time for that yet but to get pick up a copy for that book patkellyref.com uh, or through uh, any of the referees society or the referees and uh, they will have to pick up a copy that were well worth reading I really really enjoyed reading that over the last couple of days but that is our show for tonight um, it's been a miserable day weather wise and for everyone who's playing games across Cork uh, across the afternoon um, I have to say you are all heroes I wouldn't fancy playing a game in that uh, also a big event next week as well the Siam Warriors uh, show happening at Parochial Hall and a big night of Muay Thai and MMA um, happening next week so the Siam Warriors fight nights next Saturday night Siam uh, Warriors uh, fight night in uh, Parochial Hall Muay Thai and MMA so they'll have the, the MMA ring uh, octagon and they'll have the Muay Thai uh, ring and it'll be a crack night some cracking fights headlined by Finn Keating who we've had in this show a number of times who is a tremendous tremendous fighter and, and uh uh, he's taking on uh, James McDonald of Scotland so a big international bout there for the challenge title so I'm really looking forward to being in Parochial Hall next Saturday evening but that's it from us if you missed our show you can uh, get the podcast redfm.ie or from wherever you get your podcast Green and Red is next on the music station of the year Cork's Red FM Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie Cork's Red FM